listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. Pharmacy Podcast Nation and the network of hosts that we have. We have about 42 hosts now, focusing on a multitude of different subjects and themes and the importance of pharmacist collaboration with physicians and nurse practitioners and other specialists is we are going to start bringing on well-known experts in different sectors of healthcare and medicine. And we're kicking off our season of this commitment to our listeners, you, our favorite providers as our pharmacists, to invite a, uh, an author, uh, a physician, an MD, someone who's passionate about preemptive healthcare. And I'm so proud to welcome into the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Dr. Philip Ovedia. He is a author of Stay Off My Operating Table. I can't wait to dig into this. Welcome, Dr. Ovedia. How are you? Thank you, Todd. It's really a pleasure to be here and to be connecting with your pharmacist uh, audience. We're looking forward to this. So this book title is really interesting. I can't wait to dig in and start asking you questions about this, as well as the correlation of an opportunity to build collaboration with pharmacists. But we're going to unwrap this like it's Christmas. Just got just got through the holiday season, so this is kind of a little extra audio present for our audience out there. But we're going to start off with you first. We want to hear about your background, why you wanted to become a physician in an age where medicine is transforming. Um, the pressures that are on you as a physician are sometimes seemingly insurmountable in many ways, and the payment reform that we're all going through it's not easy today to be a physician, and it's not all what it's cracked up to be on, on all the favorite TV shows that are out there that people watch. But let's talk about Philip Ovedia and your background and why you wanted to become a, a doctor. Yeah, sure thing. And uh, of course, you know, that decision was made long ago uh, and in a quite different environment. And quite honestly, when I made that decision, uh, I wasn't even, you know, I didn't even have the concept of that. Um, when you talk to my parents, uh, they will tell you that as young as, you know, four or five years old, when anyone would ask me what I wanted to do, I would say I wanted to be a surgeon. Uh, I didn't even say I wanted to be a doctor. I said I wanted to be a surgeon. And, you know, honestly, I'm not quite sure you know, how that would have come to me or whether I really even knew what that meant at that time. Uh, but, you know, as I went through my childhood and, and through my, you know, high school years, uh, that desire stayed with me. And I ended up uh, um, getting accepted to and um, 
you know, going through an accelerated pre-medical medical program uh, in Pennsylvania uh, at Penn State and then at Jefferson Medical College. And uh, at, at, with every step of my education, you know, that uh, desire to be a surgeon stuck with me. And as I went through medical school, you know, I enjoyed uh, my surgical experiences, my surgical rotations uh, most. And uh, I ended up uh, doing a residency first in general surgery and then further specializing into cardiac surgery, heart surgery. And um, the other, I think, important part of that story is, you know, during my childhood and uh, into my adult years, I was progressively overweight. Uh, I was an obese child and uh, became more obese as I went through college and medical school. And, you know, I got to a point in my life, uh, you know, about 15 years into my career as a heart surgeon, uh, where I realized that I was going to end up on my own operating table. And uh, that ultimately caused me to, you know, kind of focus on my health and try and figure out what I needed to do to get myself healthy. That's incredible. What a what a full circle and a mission. But it's very interesting how you in your younger years of life that you discovered what you wanted to do based on however that became an interest. Um, I didn't really get focused on what my career has become until I entered pharmacy in 2004. So I had a ton of time after high school and college where I was venturing and I was in telecom for a while and technology outsourcing sales and nothing ever hit my heart like the pharmacy industry. So um, that's cool to see that you you got passionate early in life and look what you, you ended up doing. And what you're doing, I think is even more special than just, you know, the, 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 the attainment of your medical license and becoming a, um, a surgeon like that in itself is you could stop now and just keep doing what you're doing as a surgeon, but you've pushed forward where now you've become a, a speaker and an author about staying off your operating table. I love the quote about putting yourself out of business, putting yourself out of a job uh, based on the mission that you have. And I, I think that there's a lot of mission in that. There's heart in that. So I want to I want to hear about how this this book came about. Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, about five uh, years ago, I was morbidly obese. I was pre-diabetic and I realized that I was going to end up on my own operating table, so to speak. Um, but, you know, all that I had learned in medical school uh, about, you know, how to be healthy, how to lose weight. Uh, the advice that I was would typically give my patients at that time, uh, you know, basically eat according to the food pyramid, the USDA guidelines, eat a low fat diet, count your calories, uh, you know, eat less, move more. All of that had failed me. Um, I had tried many times to lose weight. I would have short-term successes, uh, but in the long term, I would end up gaining back the weight and more. And I think that's a common experience that people have. And it was a common experience that my patients had had. Um, and I was at a bit of a loss. And fortuitously, uh, I started to come across, you know, some different ideas about how we get healthy, uh, how we 
can maintain our health. Um, and really, this actually started with my wife. Uh, at this time, we had you know our two uh, daughters, and she struggled with uh, heartburn um, through both of the pregnancies and afterwards. And one of her practitioners suggested to her that she go gluten free. And she came home and told me this, and being you know sort of the uh, uh, what I would call, you know, mainstream physician at that time. I said, well, that kind of sounds crazy. You don't have celiac disease. Why do you need to go gluten free? But I was also a supportive husband. And I said, if you want to try it, I'll try it with you. And so we went gluten free and her heart burn got better. And I noticed that I immediately started to feel better. I had more energy. I wasn't as tired. And uh, I didn't really think all that much about it. But, you know, that was then followed by uh, I was at a medical conference a few months later and the guest speaker was uh, Gary Tobbs, who had written the book at that time, The Case Against Sugar, uh, also has written, you know, Good Calories, Bad Calories, Why We Get Fat. And for the first time, you know, Gary spoke about the concept of the types of food that we eat being more important than the amount of food that we eat. And that made a lot of sense to me. I read his books. Uh, I ultimately, you know, followed his advice to eliminate sugar and ultimately, you know, kind of went on a low carbohydrate diet. And I was able to then lose, you know, over 100 pounds. I've maintained that weight loss now for five years. And more importantly, I came to realize how important that is how important metabolic health is uh, to our overall health and how it is at the root of most of the chronic problems that we face and especially at the root of heart disease, the problem that I was facing every day with my patients. What I like about the book, and I'm just starting to read it, I'm gonna do the Kindle version through um, Amazon, which is great is the fact that this is not a weight loss book. This is a life, um, life changing book. It's, it's the whole uh, finding, you know, what's, what's right for you and to be able to be more pure in what, in what we're consuming instead of processed. And it's just, it was refreshing and I can't wait to, to get into it. But I wanted to kind of shift the gear now. You know, I've been waiting for this opportunity. So the whole, the whole reason that you're here, not only to talk about this book, but I want to hear how your preventative uh, strategy and your mission on one hand, and then on the other hand, as a surgeon, how collaboration with the community pharmacist or the long-term care pharmacist or the specialty pharmacist that's listening to this of this episode right now, what do you say to them? What do you, what do you, where do you see an opportunity for them to become preemptive in helping their patients to stay off your operating table? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what I see as a heart surgeon, uh, what I see as a physician in general, and what all of the participants in the healthcare system, you know, should be seeing, uh, and I think many do see, uh, is that, you know, the healthcare system is being overwhelmed by sick people. We have too many sick people to take care of. And we have been, you know, giving various recommendations that are basically, you know, the same recommendations now uh, around health for the past 
40 years or so. Uh, you know, those things I talked about, about eat less, move more, uh, you know, the USDA got dietary guidelines, um, eating low-fat diets, uh, lowering your cholesterol with medications, all of these things have been in place now for many, many years, and we are not seeing a, an impact from them. Uh, and in fact, our health has only worsened during that time. Uh, so, you know, I think in order for all of us in the healthcare system uh, to thrive, uh, what we need to do is refocus on preventative health. And we need to teach people how to remain healthy. We need to teach people that you can be healthy as you age. Um, poor health has become so you know, widespread, so common in our society that we accept it as normal. Uh, the statistics show that 88% of the adults in the United States are not metabolically healthy. So, you know, again, nine out of the 10 people around us essentially are unhealthy. And so we just think that that is the inevitable uh, way to be. Uh, but if we go back, you know, to our grandparents' generation, our great-grandparents' generation, that wasn't the case. And I think we need to refocus our efforts on preventative health maintenance. And that is a systemic issue that everyone in the healthcare system needs to participate. Um, you know, the physicians, the nurses, the dietitians, the pharmacists, um, you know, all of the people that participate in the healthcare system uh, need to be involved in this. And most importantly, the patient needs to be involved in it. So there is a rise of pharmacists out there that are taking a holistic integrative medicine approach and teaming with physicians in their communities that are thinking that same way. So I think this book uh, is an accelerator and couldn't have come at the, a better time, which I'll be sharing this book directly with um, many of those pharmacists who are, are integrative in um, looking at, um, you know, nutrition and, and exercise as forms of, uh, uh, of therapy and, and treatment and medicine. So um, that's a, another thing I wanted to ask you is, have you worked with any pharmacist either in your community or uh, just in collaboration that think like that, that are uh, forward thinking uh, like you are with regards to um, being more preventative? Yeah, I have come across uh, pharmacists who are certainly, uh, you know, getting, you know, aligned with these ideas and getting into this space. Uh, the one that comes to mind uh, most prominently is Dr. Nevada Gray, uh, and uh, she she has a podcast. And, you know, again, she has a similar story in that she went through a personal health crisis and this, uh, got, you know, got her to realize the importance of holistic care and nutrition uh, in uh, health care. And I think the pharmacists are a very important part of this. You know, they are one of the most common touch points for the patients. You know, the patients come into contact with them, uh, you know, oftentimes on a monthly basis. Uh, now, ultimately, I would like it to make it so that patients come into contact with pharmacists less often because they're on less medications. Uh, and, um, you know, that would benefit all of us. Uh, and in a similar way that, you know, I want them to come into contact with me as a heart surgeon less often as well. Yes, and I think that the role of the pharmacist, the role of our physicians, the role of our specialists 
can start becoming a, instead of a 90-10, 90% reactive, 10% preventative, you as a specialist, Dr. Avedia, could become a preventative where you're giving 50% of your time to keeping clients off your table and the other 50% of the time <laughs> operating them, them on the table. But I see pharmacists doing exactly that. We have pharmacists who are um, you know, uh, com committed to de-prescribing and to um, getting that polypharmacy cascade prescribing issues under control. And, and it's amazing to see that they're integrative and they're thinking more holistic. There's an association out there called the Functional Medicine Pharmacist Alliance. And it was far founded by Dr. Lauren Castle, who um, is one of our heroes. And she, she looks to physicians like you to team up with. And I'm gonna suggest this book to that association as well to feature it, because I think that that is exactly it. I, I agree with you 100%. The, the, the future of medicine and the attention that we should have is the preventative and how we're living day to day rather than being so reactive. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, I think a lot of the, um, you know, burnout that we are seeing in the healthcare system. And, you know, you see this in physicians, you see this in pharmacists, you see this, uh, you know, at all levels of the healthcare system is because, you know, as I said before, you know, the system is overwhelmed with sick people. Um, and, and that's just at baseline, you know, that's before anything like a pandemic comes through. Uh, but at baseline, we are overwhelmed with sick people. And quite frankly, it's because we don't see people getting better. You know, uh, our healthcare system is focused on just managing how sick people are, essentially, and trying to intervene, uh, you know, at, like you said, that reactive, um, you know, points to try and, you know, minimize the impact of how sick people are. And if we could refocus on preventing people from getting sick in the first place, or really, you know, taking interventions that can reverse diseases, get people off their medications, uh, you know, everyone involved in the system is going to uh, benefit from that you know, in terms of the physicians and the pharmacists and everyone is going to see better results, have happier patients, get, you know, just, and I think that will relieve a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the burnout that we're seeing in the system. Now, the problem is, is that there are certain uh, aspects of the healthcare system that may not benefit from that. The pharmaceutical companies, the uh, food industry, which quite frankly is, uh, you know, uh, more than happy to keep providing people with poor quality food that makes them that, unhealthy. That corn syrup, right? Yep. Yep. All of these, uh, you know, uh, processed foods uh, that uh, I advise in the book of, uh, avoiding uh, these, you know, those aspects of the healthcare industry uh, are the ones that are not going to benefit from it. And unfortunately, they are the ones that are in control uh, largely of the healthcare system. So that becomes the challenge. Yep. I agree. So let's, let's talk about behavioral health because we just came through a two and a half year um, and, and counting um, pandemic. And a lot of the stress on our healthcare workers and our healthcare providers has been insurmountable. We've had breakdowns. We have people burn out. Um, we've had a pharmacist pass away at a at a chain pharmacy because of um, 
of being stressed out and uh, and having a panic attack. So it's become very serious. So when I think of the detoxing of the body in in really um, you know teaching and and sharing your medical knowledge as a surgeon to keep people off of your operating table, I think of the behavioral health side of of this too. Have you? experienced yourself or your or your patients or people that you've helped family members that when they go through this process and now five years into it you're feeling better uh, you lost so much weight congratulations that's amazing but let's talk about the behavioral side of this too yeah there is definitely a uh, link between you know metabolic health and mental health um, and I see it all the time in the patients I work with, you know, I've seen it in myself, uh, just that, you know, the, uh, kind of more stable mood that comes with, you know, good metabolic health, uh, is, is a real effect. Um, and, you know, we see this, uh, clinically, uh, you know, we have data to support this, uh, Christopher Palmer is a, uh, psychiatrist uh, in uh, Boston in the Harvard system, and he has published many case reports, um, you know, about how he has intervened on, you know, patients with pretty serious mental health issues uh, and shown benefit by changing the food they're eating and other lifestyle interventions that are, improve their metabolic health. So, you know, the effects of metabolic health uh, on mental health are, are real, they're documented, and, you know, it is just one other aspect of uh, metabolic health that uh, we see consistently. And, you know, this is one of the reasons that I have come, become so focused on metabolic health and the book, you know, is about improving your metabolic health because not only does it, you know, make your heart more healthy and prevent you from getting heart disease. But when you look at seven of the top 10 causes of death in the United States every year, things like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, uh, mental health issues, all of these things can be tied to and are, you know, closely associated with metabolic health. So, you know, what I learned in my journey personally and, you know, now in my professional journey is that metabolic health not only helps with heart disease, which is what I was initially focused on, but it ends up helping with all of these other issues as well. So what condition, what disease state do you see that is in considered maybe one of the rare disease states that you feel that could be attributed to this processed, you know, foods and, and things that are, I mean, is there one that comes to mind other than your specialty in, in heart disease? Is there others that you're thinking skin allergies or um, hyperactivity or, you know, disorders in children? Is there anything that comes to mind that you'd like to share with, with the pharmacist listeners out there too? Yeah, I mean, you know, actually all of those ones that you mentioned uh, and, you know, the whole kind of family of autoimmune dis disorders uh, and uh, allergic, you know, kind of disorders that are becoming, you know, so much more common these days, I think 
a lot of that is related to the foods we're eating, to these processed foods. And again, what I see in my patients is when they start fixing their metabolic health, these problems get better. So, you know, I'll have patients that come to me because they're concerned about heart issues or they have heart disease, uh, but they also have a condition, you know, such as uh, psoriasis. And, you know, when we focus on their metabolic health, both of those issues improve. Um, and, you know, it almost becomes the challenge. And quite frankly, you start to think, you know, me as a physician, I kind of start to think uh, I'm a little bit crazy because every problem that someone comes to me with, uh, you know, I say, well, the answer is metabolic health. And I can find, you know, evidence of that if, if it's not something I've dealt with personally, um, you know, the other physicians that I interact with in the space or, you know, case reports that you can find. Um, and there's, you know, there are very few chronic conditions that we can't fix or at least improve by addressing metabolic health. Hey, I want to congratulate you, by the way, for launching your podcast back in December, um, back in September of 2021, um, and welcome to the podcasting space. Uh, share, share with our listeners uh, how that's been. Uh, how have you found the time to do that? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I, I've obviously found myself in a few areas that I never really pictured I would be in, uh, you know, author being the first one, and then, uh, you know, the... It, I was approached by many people uh, saying, you need your own podcast after I had appeared as a guest on many podcasts. And so I was able to jump in and, and do that. Uh, we just wrapped up season one, uh, 23 episodes. Um, we were able to hit the uh, 10,000 download mark, which uh, I was quite uh, proud of. And it's been, you know, I really enjoy the, the podcasting platform. Uh, I think it is a great avenue for getting this information out to, you know, more and more people. And so both, you know, being a guest on platform on uh, podcasts such as this, and then now having my own podcast, um, which is getting ready to start bringing on guests. Uh, thus far, it was really just me and my co-host, uh, you know, having discussions around metabolic health. And uh, as we get ready to launch season two, we are going to be starting to bring bring on those guests so that we can have, you know, interesting conversations around metabolic health. Don't forget about us. We want uh, functional medicine pharmacists to, to be on Definitely. your show and talk about different, uh, you know, conditions and, and dig into things. And, and I think they'd be thrilled to, to be part of that and us exchange uh, listener bases as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that I have, uh, sought out to do, you know, as I've been going through this journey is really to connect with as many people as possible who are aligned with this mission. And, you know, for instance, I go to uh, low carb medical conferences. Uh, I'm speaking at one of the upcoming ones. Um, and uh, what I love about that is, you know, they're not the typical medical conferences that are only doctors from one specialty, you know, that all, you know, basically are in kind of an echo chamber. Um, you know, it brings together not only doctors from all different specialties, uh, other people who are interested in this, the scientists, the dietitians, the researchers, uh, you know, and then the general public as well that are trying to do it for their own 
benefit uh, all come together in these conferences. And I just love interacting with and meeting as many people as possible and then trying to figure out those ways to uh, connect. Um, you know, I have found myself talking to cattle ranchers, um, <laughs> you know, uh, all sorts of tech uh, people that, uh, you know, on, on ways that we can, you know, get this message out there more. Uh, but it's really, you know, obviously health is something that ultimately affects everyone. And therefore, you know, everyone is a par potential participant in this mission. That's great. I agree. And um, you're more than welcome to come back um, on our platform and share specific information that you want pharmacists to understand and use it as a way we're going to obviously get in touch with um with all of your social media accounts so that we can tag you and and talk about what you're doing um if you're listening uh, don't worry his contact information through linkedin as well as the website will be in the show notes it's ovadiahearthealth.com and that'll be once again that link will be in the show notes and um and also a link to your book we can't we can't wait to hear some feedback from pharmacists on on um, on stay off my operating table. I love the title and it makes absolute sense. And it's it's what you stand for. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, the book is is available on all the major online platforms, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. And it, there's an audiobook version and a Kindle uh, version. So I uh, encourage people to uh, check it out and I encourage people to stay off my operating table. <laughs> That's right. Amen. And thank you so much. Uh, it's been awesome to talk with you. Uh, we can't um, we can't wait to, to see what you're going to be doing next. And please say hello to Shelly for me. Shelly is, um, you know, I went to high school together so that I actually knew her before you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm, you know, again, it's just uh, one of those, uh, you know, connections that uh, happened. And uh, it's exemplary of, you know, how we can just uh, keep making those connections and uh, forwarding, you know, continuing on with the mission.